0: that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. First of all, can I just say, welcome <laughs> to episode six of the Karen Kenny Show Uh, I'm so excited to be here with you. But before I start running my big mouth, I just want to say a big, fat, like super appreciative and grateful thank you. To all of you that have been watching the show, you guys, and listening into the podcast, and leaving reviews, and like being wicked nice, you have no idea how much it means to me, how grateful I am for you. So I just wanted to say, from my hat to yours, thank you so, so, so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Um, And if you think, like if you're liking the show, and you uh, hear anything particular on today's show, because I think today's show is going to resonate with a few of you. And uh, you might know somebody who could benefit from hearing uh, what I'm laying down today. So if if you listen and you're like, oh, my cousin Sue could hear this. She should hear this. (laughs) Pass this sucker along. Share the link or do whatever. (laughs) That would be awesome. Okay, here's what we're going to dive into today, you guys. We are going to talk about the willingness, the willingness, like cultivating the willingness to be unpopular. Hmm. Let's say that again, cultivating the willingness to be unpopular. And so here's the thing. So when I start working with my mentoring clients, so I have a group coaching program and I have one-to-one spiritual mentoring uh, clients as well. When I start working with them, one one of the things that we do is we talk about what I call their big three. And you can think of the big three as like your core values, the foundation of which you stand upon, the way that you find yourself in alignment with the truth of yourself. Like what are these three foundational core values that are wicked important to you? Okay. And one of mine is authenticity, which you could also call like genuineness or um, truly being yourself or um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Genuineness. Oh, integrity. Like really being in integrity, with the truth of who you are. And here's the thing that I can tell you about me pretty confidently. What you see in here is what you get. Like, I'm not all of a sudden gonna be different. I mean, I would probably swear less, like, or not at all, like in front of your old grandma, right? I'm not like an idiot, right? But like, what you see is what you get. This is how I sound, this is how I talk, this is how I am with pretty much anybody that I meet. Because I made a choice a long time ago that I was not going to any longer twist and contort and cirque de soleil myself, that's what I call it, into some version that other people would like, would prefer, would be more comfortable around, right? I had spent many, many, many years, and if you can relate to this, right, drop me a note in a comment, because here's the thing about this show too, you guys. I'm not just talking at you. Even though when I'm recording in my weirdo little closet, this is a one-way thing where it feels like I'm talking. At you. I'm actually talking with you and to you. So I always invite you into the dialogue with me. So I would love to hear any feedback, comments, your thoughts, has like what landed in your hat, what you took away, because that's what gets actually is interesting to me. And so um, I decided a long time ago, like I was not going to um, continue to search to slay myself because I am a recovering people pleaser. Anybody? Anybody else relate? Know what I'm talking about? Raise your hands, right? So recovering people, please, are from my childhood where I was basically um, learning adaptability and chameleon-ish, like learning how to be a chameleon in order to survive my environment, okay? I learned at a very young age that uh, if I kind of like behave like this, this one might like me. If I do this, my dad might love me if I do this, right? So I kind of had to stuff down. I called it sucking up and stuffing down. Um, a lot of my feelings, a lot of my truths, a lot of the things that I wish I could say because it wasn't safe to say these things out loud. My real feelings. And even though even though I was people-pleasing and contorting myself and slaying myself, there was always a part of my spirit that remained very strong and very healthily intact. And was kind of, like, I was the kid who also was saying in my head, I might not have been able to say it out loud because I would have I would have regretted that decision, <laughs> but I would say in my head, like, you're not the boss of me. Don't tell me what to do. Like, in my head, that voice is, like, very loud. So I was kind of like a recovering people pleaser. And then to add to that, um, in the eighth grade and then again my senior year in high school, like, I was voted most popular. And a lot of people might say, like, oh, that's awesome. I bet you love that. And I was like, you know, being voted most popular kind of sets you up to be put in in a little bit of a box. Look, I'm not complaining, like whatever, okay? I'm not saying like, oh, poor me, you know? But what I'm saying is, psychologically, when you get called, like voted, voted, whatever, whatever, whatever that even means, but whatever, being voted most popular by your peers, like all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, they like me this way. But what if I change my mind? And what if I decide to be this way, then what? They aren't going to like me. So it was this thing that I was just kind of always like aware of. And, um, I finally made a choice at some point in my life. Like when I got a little bit old, that's certainly not in the beginning of my twenties. Uh, but when I, when I kind of get a little bit older, I was just like, look, I'm just going to fucking be me. And if you don't like me, like you can deal with that because the reality of it is you guys is we're not always going to be everybody's cup of tea. We are not always going to be everybody's cup of tea. Like, for example, have you ever, like, walked into a room or you're at a party or you're at a a function or an event, like networking, whatever it is, and you just either see somebody or you get introduced to somebody or you see somebody speak on the stage or whatever it is, and some part of you just goes, and you know, don't lie, because the ego mind loves to judge. Like, that's pretty much what it does all day long. It judges. It attacks it separates right tries to keep you scared out of your mind that's what it really does make you crazy but so they step on the stage and you hear their voice or whatever it is and you go hmm i don't like them (laughs) right we do it all the time in our minds and we think it's we accept it as like totally normal because we're constantly judging and we're constantly putting things in boxes and we're constantly putting labels on things right and we think it's kind of normal but then god forbid God forbid somebody does it back to you and you can feel it. Like you can kind of feel it, right? When somebody doesn't like you, don't you ever just sometimes know or you have suspicion like, I just don't think they like me (laughs) and like how that feels. And we're always like a little bit surprised, like, why don't they like me? What did I ever do to them? like, I'm (laughs) likable, right? But I've gotten really comfortable now. Um, The more that I become me, the less that I care. And I'm not like, I'm not like wicked hardcore, like you don't like me, you know, like I don't care if you don't like me, I don't care about people. It's not that. It's just that, you know, there's that old saying that what other people think of you on some level is none of your business. <laughs> because they are writing stories about you in their own mind. And a lot of times they actually have no idea what they're talking about. I often say most people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. (laughs) Okay. So we write all these stories about each other and they're often not in each other's favor. So I can tell you right now that a lot of people don't like my accent. They don't like the way that I sound. Um, People have said, oh, she's loud. (laughs) She's loud. I'm not always loud. My energy is definitely dialed up. When I do these shows, because I'm I'm excited, like I'm just really happy to be connecting and talking with you guys and stuff like that. So some people don't like my accent. Some people don't like <clears throat> my enthusiasm, right? I'm a little too much, right? Some people may not like that. Oh, that I swear a lot. So my potty mouth has been um, been a, a hot topic. <laughs> Uh, many times in my life. Okay. And like, for example, I've, I've gotten feedback before from people who like get my weekly newsletter. Okay. And if you ever want to get my weekly newsletter, you just let me know, but you can just get it by going like Karen Kenny backslash freebie sign up for my freebie. You'll, like you'll get on the list. You'll always know, what, always know what's going on. But I've gotten feedback from people that say, I love your message, but I could do without um, your potty mouth. And I've always just had to say, guys, look, this is just how I talk. Swears are not a big deal to me. From the time I was a little, little, little kid, right? Maybe you grew up in a home where your parents were very aware what was coming out of their mouth. Maybe you grew up in a, in a household where swearing wasn't allowed. It was considered dirty or bad or disrespectful, whatever it is. That was not my environment. I am a blue collar kid from Massachusetts, right? Like mass whole territory, right? Everybody pretty much in my family swore. And we didn't reserve swears. I always say like in our house, like swears weren't reserved like fine china that you only took out during the holidays or special events. Swearing in my house was like everyday corning wear that you just threw on the table whenever you felt like it. So swears aren't that big deal to me. And if somebody is swearing, to me, it doesn't detract from their message. But for some people, you know, Marie Forleo once said, for those of you guys who know who she is, she once said, you know, if you offend yourself with adult language, then I'm not for you. And that's exactly how I feel. If you get offended by adult language, if you offend yourself, I might not be for you. But I'm definitely not going to tone it down because it makes other people uncomfortable. Another time I once heard that somebody heard me speaking on stage and they said that, um, I would get this, like get how insane this is. Like this is, this is like ego, mind, arrogance at like full speed. Okay. This is like dialed way up. But somebody once said about me that I was not a child of God because a child of God would never sound as vulgar as I do. Can you believe that shit? Can you believe that? Can you believe that somebody actually said that when I heard that, Um, for the record, my feelings weren't hurt. I laughed my ass off because I thought it was so hysterical that some other individual actually thought that they had the power to deem me not a child of God. Like they actually had a say in the matter. Like that's wicked funny to me. So here's the whole point, you guys. I want to encourage you more and more and more and more not to like do things to become more spiritual or more yourself. Really the spiritual practice Spiritual living is more about undoing. Spiritual practice and spiritual living is more about removing the blocks that we have built, the barriers that we have built that keep us from knowing our true self. So it's not so much about doing these things to become the thing, it's really about letting go of all the bullshit, all the blocks, all the barriers, all the ways that we keep ourselves from knowing ourselves truly as children of God, of like who we really are, that we are extensions of love itself. And we've been told since we were little kids, of course your parents had preferences for how you would behave so you could make their life easier. Do you know what I'm saying? So from a very young age, we are constantly being told, well, if you want to be pretty, if you want to be sexy, if you want to be smart, if you want to be seen as successful, if you want to be this, if you want to be liked, if you want to be loved, follow these rules. You better perform and be the way that we prefer you to be, or there will be consequences, right? So part of this stepping into our spiritual and emotional maturity as people is starting to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Establish what's important to you about who you are, what your big three are. And I don't really care anymore. If somebody likes me, great. If they don't, God bless you. I'm not for you. And we're not supposed to be like, even with my clients, you know, when I start to work with somebody, I'll often say to them, look, there's going to come a point in our working together where you're not going to like me very much. Because I'm the kind of coach who is going to say the things that need to be said. And I always say to them, right? I love you, right? Bottom line, anything that I say to you is always coming from a place of love. It is never to shame you, embarrass you, make you feel guilty, sad, bad, separate, none of that. Anything that I'm going to say to you, I will always try to do my best to be in integrity and come from a place of love. But it is not my job to please you it is my job to serve you. And sometimes the most loving thing I can say to you is no. And sometimes the most loving thing I can say to you is to point out like you're doing this old pattern again or you're doing this thing again, right? And so a lot of times I make myself, um, you know, I put myself up and I already say, I already know you're not gonna like what I'm about to say. However, I love you enough to say it to you. But I always say it with compassion, right? Honesty without compassion is brutality. Honesty without compassion is brutality. So you always, I always say, like, I I might say this thing, but I'm not gonna say, I wanna say it in a way that you can hear it, right? So you guys, in relationships that are true and genuine and loving, like, I don't want a bunch of yes people around me. Do you know what I mean? I want friends who will say to me directly, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what's going on. Or they'll ask me, what's going on with you? Because that didn't sound like you or that didn't seem like you. I don't need a bunch of people saying yes to me all the time. That's not even remotely interesting to me. I want friends who love me enough to call me on my shit and who will help me to see what I call blind spots to my own bullshit. I want them to help me to see, right, that maybe I wasn't showing up the best that I could in that situation. And you guys, usually anytime anybody is doing that, it's because they've slipped, they've taken what we call in the Course of Miracles, a detour into fear, a detour into fear. And a lot of times if somebody doesn't like me, it's because something about me is actually triggering, but I always say this to people are like, oh, they pushed my button. They pushed my button. That person pushes my button. And I'm always like, right, but that's not their fault. They are not responsible. You're the one with the button. So the question in the work is, what's up with this fucking button? Where did this button come from? Why do I even have a button that can be pushed? And when people push the button, it's actually what I would say, your spiritual team showing you a wounded place, a place within you that needs some healing. It's an opportunity for healing. It's an opportunity to take a look at a place where you're like, oh, I've got this big glaring button. (laughs) You establish a button? right and the universe is going to respond and be like great i'm going to bring you some button pushes you know what i'm saying <laughs> so one of the things is is i've just made a commitment to myself and i didn't make a big deal of it but it's like i'm just going to be me going forward cuz i would way rather people not like me i would rather you not like me for me being fully who i am who i really am rather you liking me because I sort to of myself into some lame, vanilla, plain, safe, comfy version that you could tolerate. I would much rather that if you're gonna like me or love me or wanna be friends with me or follow me or work with me, that we do it because some part of your spirit, right, your energy is aligned, right? We are in alignment with the divine and you recognize something and you go, oh, yes, my sister. Versus, and we see it a lot, like think about it like this, you guys, like when you're dating somebody, everybody's on their best, I wouldn't say everybody, most people, okay, are on their best behavior when they start dating. So, are people truly falling in love with or in like with how you show up on a day-to-day basis? Or are they like falling in love with this shiny, polished, perfect, like performance version of you? So what if we just, I'm not saying don't like make an effort. Like, yeah, put on some makeup, do your hair if you want, like whatever, whatever your thing is, right? Be polite, use your manners, be yourself, right? Like, I'm not saying don't be a high version of yourself. But it's like, a lot of times it's like, well, yeah, normally I wouldn't do this, but now I'm on this date, so I'm going to act this way because I'm trying to get you to like me. So I would rather people fall in love with you for you So that later on, like, and this is what's so fascinating is a lot of times, right, in relationships. So in A Course in Miracles, we talk about um, special love relationships. And this is what we're often doing with our partners, right? Uh, Whether you're uh, married to somebody, dating somebody, sleeping with somebody, whatever the thing is, right, is we we're like, yeah, well, I fell in love with them. um, And then I fell out of love with them once I got to know the real them. And I often say to them, no, the person that was showing up, and they don't even know this sometimes. The person that's doing this doesn't even know it sometimes. But the way when we first show up when we're together, when we fall into that state of love, where we see nothing but their beauty and nothing but their perfection and nothing but, like, you know, like in the beginning phases, I'm not saying of all relationships. Cut me some slack here, but I'm generalizing. So remember in the beginning when you first fell in love, And you started being intimate with your partner and like you would just didn't even care about food or anything else. It was basically like we just you're trying to like even like think about sex. You're literally trying to get inside each other like you can't get enough of each other. Right. So in the beginning, when you're in that love state, when everything seems so much brighter, everything looks better, smells better, feels better, tastes better. Like you're in a state of love. And then people say, oh, I fell out of love. I fell out of love and I I ended up in the real world. And I often say, you know, we went back to reality and I say, no, that love state, that love state, when that connection of God, source, you know, that beautiful exchange was happening, that's reality. And what happens is we start to step into, we start to step into, we take these detours into fear because then we start to have this attachment. Are they going to love me? Are they going to leave me? Are they going to keep liking me? And it gets like weird. Do you feel what I'm saying? Is any of this making sense? So I just want to encourage each of you. First of all, the work is come to know yourself. Know who you really are. And then start showing up in your life that way. No more performing like a fucking poodle at some circus. No more dog and pony show right? No more trying to get the blue ribbon so you can finally get the love and do all the things that you need to do because you think this is what other people want. It's like, no, get very clear. Who the fuck am I? Now, I identify first and foremost as a child of God. And then after that, of course, we have, um, I'm a wife, although I never use that word, my sweetie. I've got my sweetie. Uh, I'm the mom to a bunch of furry kids. I'm a writer. I'm a speaker. I'm a storyteller. I'm the host of a podcast and uh, videocast, blah, blah, blah. I'm, you know, personality things come in. But first and foremost, like know who you really are and then show up that way. So, of course, miracles would say, um, child of God, you are the light of the world. So, if I identify as the light of the world, I'm going to show up a lot different than me just showing up as the kid who was voted most popular and is trying to start to slay herself into some version that makes everybody happy. I don't need to make everybody happy. I don't even necessarily want to make, well, you know, that's not true. I mean, deep down inside, I do want everybody to be happy, but it's not my job, right? And here's the thing, here's the thing that I know, and I wrote myself some notes here because I'm like, I don't want to forget to say this, okay? Um, okay, so first of all, another thing that we would say is that And of course, miracles would say is that human eyes, human eyes don't actually see, human eyes interpret. So everybody is kind of having their own experience of projection and perception. These eyes, they say, do not actually really see. And I know that sounds really weird, but really we are just perceiving. We are assigning the meaning to everything, right? We give everything the meaning that it has. And sometimes the meaning that somebody um, assigns to me is not going to be a really great one. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes I think that we're given roles. I've often said like sometimes my role in somebody's life is to be um, disruptive or to um, be, be, be um, an opportunity for somebody to see a part of themselves that's no longer working. And they might think it's me and it's my fault. But I think sometimes just by our interacting, we're going to be showing each other sides of ourselves, parts of ourselves that are just wounded from when we're little kids. And here's the thing too. It's not about just being fully who you are in your personal life. This is wicked important in your professional life. So any of you who are coaches or like whatever, fill in the blank. If you're an entrepreneur of any kind, if you let me say it this way. If you have a brand – of any kind, man, had you better know who you are. In fact, if you wanna get to know who you really are and what your stuff is and what your issues are, start a business. Right. My, my old coach. Well, he's still my coach. He's soon to be my my former coach because um, our program is ending. But Bill Barron used to say, you want to know who you really are, like start a business, because every insecurity, weirdness old thought pattern place where you get stuck or hold yourself back. Woo. It's going to come bubbling right up to the surface. It's going to be right in front of your face, how you self-sabotage, how you play small, how you judge others. excess, your weird shit around money. All that stuff is going to come up. But here's the thing, when you are trying to invite clients into an experience with you, your product, your company, your service, whatever it is, right? If you don't know who you are, how can you even talk to them? How can you even explain to them? How can you put out a vibe or a message or a story that's actually going to resonate with them if you're wishy-washy and confused yourself? And there's a thing that we call in business, right? Like, so we call it your profitable marketing message. Some people might call it your brand story, like whatever it is. And it's how you figure out like who you are, who you work with, what problem you solve and what your ultimate result is, right? So it might be like, I work with women who have held themselves back because they have, tr- I'm just making stuff up. I don't even know what it is, right? So I work with so-and-so, this is their problem. This is what I do to solve it. So my, my message is designed not only to attract my perfect clients like when i talk or if you go to my website or you read the copy of something that i'm offering or even just listening to this podcast you're gonna know pretty quickly whether or not um i'm for you because i'm not bullshitting and i don't show up any differently like this is me take it or leave it right And I'm not, again, it might take a few sips, like it might take you a few times, you might change your mind, because that's happened to me too, where there's somebody I meet who right away, like makes me go like, I don't think I like that. I don't think I like that. I don't think I like her or him or that, right? Then eventually, I start to realize if I'm willing to be truthful and honest enough, if I'm willing to take a fearless look in the soul mirror, I will start to see, ooh, that actually wasn't about them. That was about me. That was showing me some part of myself that was fill in the blank, scared, insecure, judgy, kind of being a dick that day, like whatever it is, right? So my messages are designed, and it's not like I sit there like to manipulate, but what I'm saying is I want to have my messages be vibing at that level where you hear that and you think, oh, that's me. That's my coach. That's my mentor. That's a person I want to work with or go on this retreat with or listen to this podcast or whatever the thing is, right? But it should equally make the person who's not for me go, oh, no way, that broad is not for me. I can't stand her. I don't like her. I don't like the way she talks. I don't like her potty mouth. I don't like the way she sounds. Perfect. Perfect. Then it's done its job because I only want to attract the people, and I'm talking in my personal life and my professional life. I'm not saying they have to be the same as me, but that they get who I am. They get who I am, they get what I'm doing, and it resonates with them, it works with them. And for the people that I'm not their cup of tea, God bless, man, have the best day. In fact, there have been many times when I've talked to somebody and I've said, it doesn't sound like we're a good fit. Let me refer you to a friend or let me refer you to somebody else or go read this book instead and then come back and let's talk again later. You know, a lot of times like total transparency, because that's just how I am. is a lot of times my relationships with people who eventually come to work with me one-to-one or in my group program, you guys, like we have touchstones over like a couple of years. Some people meet me or hear me and right away they go, boom, I know, that's my girl. Like, we're going to work together, right? But a lot of people, it takes some time. So they follow me, right? They hear me speak and then they get on my newsletter and then they start to follow me. They might go to a class or they take a one-day retreat or they come to a three-day retreat. And sometimes it'll take, you know, like, boom, first meeting all the way up to it's taken some people two to three years to finally say yes. Like, now I'm ready. Because I and I I don't want to work with somebody where we're not a great fit. That doesn't help either of us. But we've got to be a great fit between mentor and mentee. We got to be great fits as friends. We got to be great even with like your family members. You know, there comes a point sometimes in our lives we just realize like, oh, that old paradigm it doesn't work for me anymore. It doesn't feel good anymore. You realize, oh, these aren't my people anymore. And you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed. like we, I sometimes say to my people, like as right is, and I don't know who originally said this. It's just kind of a funny joke in, in the literary world. It's like all of a sudden when life hands you something unexpected, you just go plot twist, <laughs> right? It's a big pivot. You just decide, oh, I'm going to change directions, right? I'm going to turn left instead of right. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to do something differently. Because there's seasons and times too for relationships and who we ask people because hopefully we're always growing. Hopefully we're allowing ourselves to transform and to let more and more and more bullshit layers fall away. So the truth of ourselves, it's like the chrysalis, you know, it's like when, when the weird little caterpillar with its little antennas and its little humpy body and its little legs, right, it goes into the cocoon and it becomes a big mashup of like weird caterpillar soup. <laughs> and then all of a sudden through divine alchemy, the caterpillar knows how to become a butterfly. It doesn't need our help, right? Through the power of the divine, this thing has a magic all of its own and it knows how to transform itself. And there are just gonna be times in our life, you guys, where we start to transform and the old stuff falls away and we become more pure. We become more pure and crystal clear about who we are. We become less uh, like the veil lifts, you know what I'm saying? And here's the thing that I'll tell you guys as you get more clear about who you are, as you become more willing to be yourself and to be unpopular and to not be everybody's cup of tea, you will naturally repel other people because they won't be ready for you. They can't hang at the same level that you're at. They can't go with you. And so sometimes we have to let some of those old patterns of behavior those old friendships those old relationships we have to let them go and we can let them go in a beautiful way and we can bless them and say I want nothing but the best for you I want nothing but happiness for you I release you and hopefully they release you too because it doesn't mean we're all supposed to stay together like super duper friends like our whole entire lives right we have seasons where we come in and out of each other's lives and that's beautiful and so I just want to encourage you guys I think that's all I wanted to say Right, I'd rather you not like me as a fake version of myself. I'd rather you know the true blue me so you can decide for yourself. Like, yeah, that's one of my people, like I'm with her. And you gotta be willing to be unpopular and that's one of the things too, right? In a lot of places in my life, I say the uncomfy thing. I say the thing that would make me be unpopular. I tell this story about, I was dating a guy one time, okay? This is a pretty funny story. So I'm dating a guy one time And um, he lived in a house, his apartment was upstairs, his mother's, his mother's and father's apartment was downstairs. And we used to hang out at his apartment upstairs. And there was this guy in town, who was um, a Baba. And everybody loved this Baba. Every I always heard, I always heard from my dude friends, like what a great guy he was, is like great Baba. And I just heard about him, right. And so I found out we were going to have dinner that night. Uh, we're going to go downstairs to his parents' house. We're all going to sit around the table. And I hear that this guy, the great Baba, is going to be there. Yeah, Baba, somebody who cuts hair, in case you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> so there's the guy. He's at the head of the table, right? My, my, my boyfriend at the time's dad's at the other end of the table. I'm sitting next to my boyfriend. And then it's like the two wives or whoever it is. And I think it's my, my boyfriend's brother is also at the table. So it's a pretty full table. Okay. Never met these people before in my life. I know his parents, of course, and his parents are like kind of hardcore Christian. Now I was a Catholic kid growing up. Um, So like Jesus is my homeboy. Like I get it. All right. I don't, I don't, I don't identify or not identify as Catholic. It's just part of my spiritual history, right? I'm a spiritual mutt. It's like, it's in there, like Whatever, right? But I'm not like, I am not somebody who like drank all the Kool-Aid about everything that the Catholic religion is saying. I, I have my own mind and I question everything. Okay. So we're sitting at the table and all of a sudden I have no idea how the subject comes up, but they start talking about the gays. And I'm doing air quotes, you guys. I'm, uh, this is me talking about what they were saying. This is not me reflecting me. I'm telling you what they were saying. So they were talking about homosexuality. They were talking about gay people. They were talking about all of this stuff. And I'm always like, I'm just gonna listen to what's being said, so I can deter- determine um, whether I agree, disagree, have something to say of my own. Like da 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 da. And I'm also aware that I'm a guest at somebody's house, but um, that will only gets you so far. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just listening to these opinions go back and forth. And I'm in the beginning, I'm like, oh, huh, interesting. And then I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea that these people thought this way, right? Uh, the, the, the guy that I'm dating is in this family that's homophobic and insane. And then the Baba, right? The revered Baba says this, you guys, that he believed that AIDS was God's punishment To people for being gay because God basically wanted them dead. (sighs) Now, here I am sitting at this table, and I basically have the utensil in my hand that I was eating with. And I have now had enough of this bullshit and this hate rhetoric. So again, not knowing these people, I slam down my fork and I go, I just turn and I look at the guy and all, all politeness goes out the window. And I look this dude in the eyes and I say, do you know how fucking ignorant you sound right now? And I went on to say, like, you don't get to decide what God does or thinks. You don't get to be God's spokesperson of hate. We don't need like, and I just like went off and my boyfriend is sitting next to me and he was horrified and his parents are looking at me and their eyes are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I can tell I was totally pissing off the Baba, but I did not care. You are not going to talk Like that in front of me. You are not going to talk about my brothers and sisters that way. You are not going to get away with that on my watch. I will not yield to your stupidity and your small mindedness because you are also a brother in Christ and that is beneath you. So I said what I had to say. Got up from the table, walked upstairs, and I guess my boyfriend finished his meal. But shortly after, he came up. And we started to have a conversation. And up until this point, this is what I find so fascinating. So at this point, right, he and I, I'm not shy, right? We're having premarital sex, okay? So we're sleeping together. He's my boyfriend, like many, many, many months. And um, he basically starts to lay down this Christian bullshit to me, right? And I'm not being disrespectful to the Christians. I'm just telling you, he's coming at me hard with like some of these things. And I was just like saying to him, do you believe that? Like, do you believe that too? Because I can't believe at this point that I could possibly be sleeping with somebody and sharing my life with somebody who believes that, who's into that hate stuff, right? And so he's kind of like getting a little wishy-washy. And then he says to me, well, all I can say is, I, 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 hope, I hope that you get to go to heaven what the fuck is happening right now? I'm like, what did you just say to me? I hope you get to go to heaven, he says to me. And you guys, I almost like left my body completely. And I looked at him and I said, it's like another one of those moments. I'm like, do you hear yourself right now? I go, I find this fascinating. And I'm saying, number one, I don't think you even know what you believe. I think that you've just been drinking your parents' Kool Aid. I don't even think you've decided for yourself as a man, as a person, who you are and what you think. That was number one. Number two, I was like, You hope I get to go to heaven? I'm like, Doesn't your precious Bible also say that we shouldn't be having premarital sex? So are we just gonna pick and choose what rules apply here? (laughs) As you can imagine, Uh, That relationship did not last. Uh, It ended very soon after that evening uh, and for good reason. But you guys, if I hadn't been willing to be unpopular, if I had just sat there and let these people say these things, you know, and I'm just at a point in my life that I'm less scared about what they're going to do to me if I say something than I am about how I'll feel if I just keep my mouth shut and let that stuff go down on my watch. So this is a call. I'm not saying put yourself in dangerous situations, but there are some times when you have to be brave enough, strong enough, willful enough, to know that God is at your back and you are gonna take a stand, right? You've gotta be a voice for the voiceless. You've gotta be willing to be unpopular. And that's so much a part of my veganism. My vegan activism, right, to being an animal advocate is because I have to stand up for, it's the way I'm wired, I have to stand up for my brothers and sisters who don't have a voice, right, that's why we have to stand up for populations of people who, we know in this country, unless you've been asleep at the wheel, right, we know in this country that the systems are not set up in the favor of the many, And whether we're looking at it from a point of view of white supremacy, white privilege, uh, the way that the systems are set up for animals, the way that the systems are set up for the poor, the black, the incarcerated, the whatever, there are certainly a lot of systems in place. And we're going to be talking about this. You guys, I'm so excited. Uh, Little digression. So my guest, one of my beautiful friends, Susan X. Jane, is going to be on the show at the end of the month. And we're going to be talking about all things race. We're going to be diving into the nitty gritty about systematic racism, about our roles and how we participate, what we can do personally and on a larger scale to start to make a difference. So I'm so psyched to have my beautiful friend here. She's a wicked smarty pants and I think you're going to love it. So that will be at the end of the month. So anyways, to circle back, you guys, I just want to encourage you and invite you to start getting serious, right? Marianne Williamson once said to me many, 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 many years ago, One day in her bedroom, she looked at me and she said, if you don't start taking your life seriously, your life is not going to take you seriously. And it took me a long time, a couple of years, to understand what she really meant by that. And when I got it, it was like, oh. So as Mary Oliver, the great poet, would say, what are you going to do with this one wild and precious life? And one of my hopes, you guys, is that you will become most fully and beautifully and boldly. Bravely, you, that you will step into the fact that you are a child of God, that you are the light of the world, that you would use your voice for the voiceless, that you won't stay quiet when it's time to speak up, that you're willing to be seen exactly as you are. And I'll be talking about this on another podcast, this whole thing about social media and filters and dying and desperate to be seen, but terrified to be seen, and how that fucks everybody up and makes people weird. (laughs) We'll talk all about that in a future episode. So for today, I would love to just hear what landed in you, what connected with you, right? Did you get inspired by anything, moved by anything? Did anything piss you off? Like I am open to hearing your uh, feedback. I love that. This is how we build relationships. This is how we become friends. This is how we start to get to know each other and like each other and trust each other. And you guys, this is how we start to break down the idea that there's the other, the us versus them, right? That, that, that we've got like enemies and we've got these different, it's like, we're all in this together. We are all brothers and sisters, but we don't have to be kowtowing to all the different things that other people wish you were to be your job. Your job is to be most fully you as an expression of the divine. Your job is to listen deeply, to do daily spiritual practice, to get your mind quiet enough that you can hear your instructions from your spiritual team on the daily so you can go out and live it and be you. Doesn't that sound fun? Doesn't it sound fun (laughs) to just think my only job is to just fully be me? That's it. That's basically my whole strategy in life. My job is I'm just going to show up as me. And the people that are for me and with me will be for me and with me. And the people that I'm not for that don't resonate with me, that's okay too. That's beautiful. That's perfect. You guys, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that something that I shared today was valuable or helpful. That's always my greatest like, intention when I do these is to talk to you and to share something that maybe um, will feel good. And you guys, before I go, look at my shirt. Well-behaved women rarely make history. So, right, I wasn't made. Remember that old thing, like sugar and spice and everything nice? Mm-mm-mm. Sometimes the most nice thing you can say is no. Not while I'm here, not while I'm in the room not gonna happen. We don't have to be well behaved. We just have to be honest and truthful, but always remember honesty without compassion is brutality. So we wanna be saying, when we're saying no, when we're saying what needs to be said, just try to say it in a way where people can actually hear it. So I just know like me as a vegan, right? If I come out screaming at people all the time, if I come out and I'm not saying, hey, there's a place for hardcore activism. There is a time and a place for it, for sure. Right. But if I really want people to be able to hear me, right? To be able to like open their mind to maybe think differently or consider that there might be a better way or a different way or a new way. Right. Then we have to be, we have to be meeting people where they're at with, with great respect and kindness and compassion. But sometimes remember, the most loving thing we can do is to mm, right? And I'm not saying hit people or hurt people. We have to be mindful of our words, but sometimes, man, and I was a much younger person, although, can I be honest, I don't know if I would have said it any differently now than I did then. I don't know if I would say, I'm just gonna own that. I don't know if I would say it any differently now at a dinner table than I would have then because I just can't tolerate that shit. And uh, that's a story for another day. In fact, I'll be talking about um, this uh, a little bit deeper. Uh, My friend, Amber Lillistrom has an event coming up at the end of this month it is called the ignite your soul summit and uh, it's happening april 27th and 28th in portsmouth at the music hall portsmouth new hampshire i am one of the guest speakers along with some other amazing guest speakers and i'm going to kind of be playing off of that about what happens when women open their mouths what happens when we get legit and we step into our power and we start to speak okay you guys i see you i celebrate you i appreciate you and i love you wherever you go May you be a blessing. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. (laughs) I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you wanna hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to KarenKenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, Keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.